Thank you for listening to a sermon from the District Church. For more information about us, please visit www.thedistrict.church. Additionally, if any of our sermons have brought encouragement to you, would you please let us know by emailing us at info at If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to John chapter 15 is where we will be today. Um, one of the beautiful things about having a, a young church um, is that when the holidays hits, everybody leaves. Um, and so... Thank you for staying in the city and uh, and joining us for worship today. Um, for for all the ones who are not here, uh, doesn't necessarily mean that they'll miss out. I'm gonna put this into kind of an article form um, and send it out to them this week as well. Um, primarily because this is a sermon um, that is standalone, as Josh uh, shared last week. We're taking a little break from our series in the Book of Acts right now, um, and so we'll. We'll cap this kind of uh, standalone sermon today, and then starting next week in June and July, uh, we will be walking through the Beatitudes, um, hashtag blessed, as the uh, series for that. We'll say it as often as we can, um, just so that Josh cringes. Um, but anyways, we'll be walking through that and just looking at kind of the counterintuitive way in which um, God's design and, and what it really looks like to be blessed. And so it's not what we typically know um, within our our culture as well as our just our society kind of materialism um, blessed looks more like health wealth and prosperity um, and the economy of God is is quite the opposite and so we're going to be walking through that over the next couple of months um, of just what it looks like to to truly be blessed in Christ um, and and not necessarily material uh, wealth and so look forward to that as well. Uh, but today, I really wanted to just kind of um, kickstart us into the summer uh, with a sermon that's basically how to make the best use of our, our summer, how to make the best use of our time. And um, if you follow our social media, you might have saw me put this out this week. Um, Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Now, you might be thinking it's summertime, like the days aren't evil. Um, like we literally just kind of got out of winter where you could say the days are evil. Um, but uh, the sun's out, you know, sun's out, guns out for some people, right? Um, that's probably a terrible joke following Friday. But anyways, um, here's why the summertime has the potential to be evil. And I'll just kind of go ahead and, and use that, that mind frame. Um, every season is God's season, and every season has a purpose behind it. But summer really has a special power uh, to it. Summer's very refreshing for a lot of people. Uh, I mean, for some of us, like when November rolls around, we go into this kind of deep, dark depression for about six months until April hits and the sunshine is kind of resurrected. Um, are, is there anyone like here that's like that? Like, you got to have the sun in order to survive. Um, so why you live in the Midwest is weird, but anyways, um, we before we moved to Indiana, we were in Miami for two years where we had summer year round, and I just I can't do that. <laughs> like I I need my seasons, I need the kind of ebb and flow of change, and so I I enjoy the four seasons here, which is really what I'm experiencing is more two seasons. It's pretty much just summer and winter. Like we've already skipped spring. Like spring was like, hey, I get two days and I'm gone. Um, but anyways. Summer is refreshing for a lot of people. Summer is also a time of relaxing. It's filled with leisure, rest, and vacation for a lot. 
Um, and our temptation during summer is to just completely unplug from our usual rhythms of life. Um, and, and that's kind of where the temptation for the days to be evil kind of flows into um, is because we have a tendency to not only just unplug from kind of normal disciplines and rhythms, but, but we unplug from all normal disciplines and rhythms. So that includes like prayer life, reading scripture, abiding with Christ. Um, we, we tend to kind of pull back from that. And so my hope is that this summer you don't unplug from Jesus, um, that Jesus Christ is refreshing. And if we fall into this kind of Christless leisure, um, what it's going to do is it's going to make your soul parched. Uh, at first, it may feel like freedom and fun to kind of skip on prayer and neglect the word, but but then we're ultimately going to pay by that with shallowness, um, powerlessness, vulnerability to sin, preoccupation with unimportant things, superficial relationships, uh, and, and really a frightening loss of just interest in worship and the things of the Spirit. And so this is what can happen to our soul when we just unplug and we kind of take a rest and relaxation from anything and everything. And so don't let summer make your soul shrivel up from spiritual things. Um, God made summer as a foretaste of heaven, but not a substitute for it. Um, so what I want to do today is kind of share how we as a church can maximize or make the best use of our summer for God's glory and the joy of his people. And so as you're there in John 15, I am also going to turn there. John chapter 15, um, I'm going to read verses 4 through 6. John 15, 4 through 6 says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Um, let's pray real quick for just God's word. God, we come to you again, and we thank you for the opportunity to be able to open up your word. And my prayer is that your Holy Spirit will guide us into the truth um, and will we'll plant within our hearts and within our minds and within our souls um, your word, and that, we'll, that it will produce fruit within our lives that we will not just um, be readers of the word, but that we will also be doers of the word, that your word will, will so plant itself within our hearts um, that it wells within us and, and grows within us to be able to treasure you, to be able to treasure you in such a way that, that we don't want to unplug from you, but rather that we want to abide in you, that we want to run to you every single day and that we want to grow in our relationship with you, that we want to learn more about you, Jesus, that we want to know your thoughts and that we want to know your heart and that we want to know your actions. And one of the best ways we do that is seeing exactly what you do in the word and how the word of God testifies to your life. God, let us, let us have a hunger and a thirst for all that you have done and all that you have accomplished and all that you're doing in our, in our lives every single day. And and let that drive us, let that 
um, plant within us a desire and affection to want to spend time with you in in deep prayer and to spend time with you in in learning and studying more about who you are this summer. And let that draw us in and draw us near. And honestly, let that be able to relieve us of burdens that we carry every single day. Let that be able to um, free us of the pursuit of our own personal gain and our own personal wealth and our own personal prosperity. Let that lead us into just seeing you as being sufficient for us alone. And that in our relationship with you is where we find our ultimate satisfaction. And from there, everything else that we have, our, our blessings that we have, our resources that we have, our homes that we have, our families that we have, are just things that we are to steward in order to glorify you. And in glorifying you, we are receiving the greatest joy that is to be had in this, in this day and age. And so, Father, lead us in that and guide us in that as we read your word today and as we unpack it. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. So in this passage, we have John um, kind of walking us through this teaching that Jesus provided for them. Just abide in me. Relate with me. Talk with me. Um, connect with me. Abide is, is another one of those forms in the Greek language that is what we've been talking about um, over the last several weeks of this idea of koinonia, which is fellowship within the Greek, which is this kind of intercourse of relationships to kind of use that scandalous term. Um, this is Jesus saying, like, I want you to be connected and united with me in such a way that we're inseparable in such a way that that you are known by me and that I know you that 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 there is this that there's no um that there's no hidden thoughts there's no hidden ambitions there's no there's nothing hidden between us but rather that we are in union and relationship with one another um, abiding has multiple things kind of factors involved at, at play here in order for this relationship to really function and it's not just a relationship in which Jesus is just commanding us, hey, spend some time with me, pray to me, uh, read the scriptures about me. But it's also a pursuit of Jesus towards us. And when we looked at um, kind of this passage of Abide last summer, um, and we actually spent three months just looking at John chapter 15 and, and the first 17 verses of John 15, um, what we saw there was that in order for the abiding relationship to first happen and function is really three kind of legs on a stool in order to be the foundation for abiding. And the first two like legs of the stool don't involve us at all. Like there's nothing that we can do in order to abide in Christ. And, and first and foremost, that was one leg of the stool is Jesus has to be involved in it. And so when Jesus in John 14, which is kind of the, the foundation lining up to John 15, John 14, 6, Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And so the first leg is Jesus Christ has to be involved. Jesus Christ is the one who is ultimately bringing us into this abiding relationship with God because he himself is laying this claim, I'm the way, I'm the truth, 
I'm the life. And so if you want to know the way to the Father, you got to come through me. If you want to know the truth, you've got to come through me. If you want to have life, you've got to come through me. So he is those things for us. And then the second thing, the second leg in John 14 that we saw was this idea of salvation, this regenerated spirit, this coming into relationship with God the Father. And this is Jesus pursuing us to the point of death on the cross to where he is providing for us access. And so he's our mediator. He's our our high priest. He's the one who comes into the scene and basically says, hey, you were in the domain of darkness. There was nothing that you could do in your sin in order to come into relationship with me. And so I have to come and provide every, every step of the way in order to bring you into relationship with the Father. And so I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am salvation for you in order to bring you into it. And then once we get brought into it is then the third leg, which is our response. Now that we have Jesus and now that we have salvation, now that we are brought into the family, as Colossians 1 says, that he has transferred us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of of the beloved son. Now that we're in the kingdom of the beloved son, Jesus says, now you are able to obey my commands. Now you are able to live out the design that I have for you, the design that leads you to be able to love me as well as loving others. And so I want you to walk in that. And so when he commands us to be obedient to all that he's taught, that's not heavy-handed. That's not do these things and I'll love you. Rather, it's I've already loved you. I've already provided all these things for you. So in response to my love, you are now going to want, desire to do the things that I've taught, to do the things that I've done. And so we look at Jesus' life in the Gospels and like, How can we live like Jesus? Let's obey that. Let's abide in that. Let's walk in that light. And that's the third leg. And so those three things have to happen before we are able to then have a yearly, monthly, weekly, daily, hourly abiding relationship with Christ. And so that then flows into John 15 where he starts talking about this relationship in abiding with him. And really abiding is an invitation. When Jesus says, abide in me, it's, it's like I said, it's yearly, it's weekly, it's daily, it's hourly, an invitation for us to be able to come to the mediator, to be able to come to our high priest Jesus, and to be able to sit at his feet and say, I'm weary and I'm heavy laden. And he's saying to us, I'm going to provide you rest. I'm going to provide you summer. I'm going to provide you relaxation. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to also include on your part um, a, a bit of work. But that work, again, is restful because it's it's us coming to Jesus. It's this idea of pursuit. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about. In Romans 8, 15 and 16, there's there's a couple of things that happen. When we are brought into the family of God, we are adopted as beloved children into his family. We are given a spirit that is not a spirit of fear to fall back into timidity, but it is a spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry out to the Father, Abba, Father. Like, we're calling him Daddy. Like, if you were still worried about sin and condemnation— 
you're not going to go to the Father and call out to him as Heavenly Father, as Abba Father, but rather you're going to do what Adam and Eve did in the garden. You're going to run. You're going to try to hide from him. And so what we're seeing the Spirit produce for us is this act of pursuit back to God, this act of running to God on a daily, hourly basis in which we are coming to him not only to just be like, hey, God, here's what's going on in my life. Can you help? But also just to run to him because he is our greatest treasure. Like he is he is who we want to spend the most time with because he is our Abba Father. He is our God. He is the one who transferred us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the beloved son. And so there's this there's this sense of gratitude that we have where we we don't want to be like, hey, how, you know what, God, you've been great this winter when I've been depressed and when I've been kind of cooped up in my house and when I couldn't go anywhere and enjoy anything. So I enjoyed you. I really am glad I had that time. But but Lord, the sun's out now. And so because the sun's out now, like I want to enjoy creation and I want to enjoy, you know, water and I want to like get in the water without walking on the water because it's frozen. Like I want to do those things. And so, Lord, it's been great. And, and, and what he's saying is, no, 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 like, I did that too. I'm the one who created the sun. I'm the one that created the water and gave it a temperature that you can now dive into and enjoy. Like, I'm the one that is causing all the flowers to bloom. And so as you go out and as you enjoy this kind of new birth of, of the season of spring and summer, I want you to look at those things and roll past those things to the point of being able to see my glory, to be able to see how I design things to function, and let that be something in which you can look at me and say, God, yeah, you're awesome. You're glorious. You're amazing. I'm getting to enjoy you in, a, in, in an even deeper way in some ways than what maybe I was experiencing during out the winter time. And so it's an invitation for from him to us to be able to say, spend some time with me. Come and enjoy me. Continue looking at all of creation and see how I have shown up in creation to be able to show you something beautiful about myself. This is what God is doing. And so when it comes to abiding, there's, there's honestly, there's two different things that can happen. When it comes to abiding, and when he's given us this spirit, um, and, and as it says in Romans 8 as well, the spirit is kind of testifying to our spirit that we are children of God. There's a couple of ways in which that spirit is testifying to our spirit that we are children of God. And here's what it is. Within your heart, the spirit has planted within you an affection and desire for the Lord. All right, that's kind of where that Abba Father flows out of, is that this is my father. Th this isn't just a kind of like... Um, a soft daddy, but this is much more of a, um, when you get to the end of Romans 8 and Paul is starting to say, say things like, who can bring a charge against God's elect? Like, am I nervous about the sword? Am I nervous about famine? Am I nervous about those things? Like, no, he's saying, have you seen who my dad is? Like, this is a confidence in the Lord that we are wanting to come to him because of who he is. And so the spirit testifying to our spirit that we are children of God is driving us with an affection and a desire to be with the Father. And so within you, there's going to be this desire and affection to spend time with the Lord. 
And then the second thing that I think is happening within this is not only is there's a spirit um, to want to be with the Lord, to delight in the Lord, but there's also a desire to be obedient to God's word, although we know it's going to be imperfectly executed. Like, I'm not saying that we're looking at the Gospels and that we're looking at Jesus' life and that we're looking at all that Jesus taught and all of his commands and saying, go nail it. Like, just go out and just do them all perfectly. I'm not saying, like, just look at the Ten Commandments. You're not going to do those perfectly. But what I am saying is the invitation, the Spirit, is driving us to be able to delight in the Lord and to have an affection and desire to be obedient to Him, although we know that we're going to mess up at times. And His invitation is, I know you're going to mess up. I've not glorified you yet. You're not perfect yet. You're, you're not in heaven yet. And so he knows that this is a process of sanctification. He knows that we are not yet perfected. And so because of that, the Lord is just saying, inviting us, just trust me in this. I'm changing you. I'm transforming you. And while I'm doing that, I'm giving you deep affection and desires that are for me and for abiding in the commands that I provide for you. Because those commands are to lead you into joy, not begrudging submission. So his commands are not like, do this because I'm God and you're not going to like it. No, his commands are, do this because yes, I am God. I know more than you. I want beautiful things for you. I want you to experience joy and happiness and peace and contentment regardless of circumstances. I want you to have all those things. So I'm going to lead you through life that includes both design and commands. And as long as you abide and follow in those things, you're going to live your best life now. You're going to have the, 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 the perfect opportunities to be able to experience Jesus in a beautiful way. And that's what he's inviting us into. And so those two things, affection for the Lord and affection desires to be obedient to his word, is pursuit. We are pursuing the Lord. We are pursuing Christ. We are pursuing him, and, and, and our pursuit of him is always going to include at least prayer and God's word. Prayer and God's Word. Why? Because prayer is our primary vehicle of communication to God, and His Word is His primary vehicle in communication to us. So if we want to communicate and abide with the Lord, the way in which that abiding happens is us praying to Him and Him communicating to us via His Word. Now, does God communicate outside of his word? Yes, but it's not as often as he communicates via his word. We have perfect, sufficient communication from God to us via the scriptures to where we don't need an angel to show up in this room and provide some new divine spiritual revelation that's going to give us this aha moment of where like, oh my gosh, like, Lord, why did you keep that from us? And he's saying, I haven't kept anything from you. What you need in order to have a life that's full of joy and to be able to glorify me with the way you steward your resources, steward your life, interact in your relationships, basically to love me and to love others, you have all you need in the scriptures. 
I've already divinely revealed myself and the way I want life to function through the scriptures. So let me communicate to you through the scriptures. Pick it up and read them. And yes, they're confusing at times, but that's why we have the Holy Spirit inside of us who is guiding us in the truth to be able to see, this is what I mean when I say this. This is what I'm doing when I was healing people. This is what I was meaning when I'm commanding you to abide in me, is I'm wanting you to experience rest on a daily basis. And so... What I want us to do this summer when it comes to this kind of first thing is just I've got three things I want you to do. Abide in Jesus, be a good friend, and meet new people. Like those are kind of our our three things we want our church to make the best use of our time this summer is to abide in Jesus, be a good friend, and meet new people. And so abiding in Jesus, just think about it on a daily basis. How can you kind of do a time audit on your day? Whether that's if you commute to work, you're driving somewhere to work. How can you redeem that 10-minute, 20-minute, 45-minute drive? How can you redeem that time in which it can be spent with the Lord? Whether that's with worship songs, whether that's no music and you're praying throughout that time, whether that's on your Bible app that you have that that you're allowing it to just kind of read Scripture to you because there's an audio portion of it as well. Maybe that's you podcasting and listening to a sermon so that we can receive some more instruction on what on what God is teaching us in the scriptures. Maybe that's while you're on your way to work that you're praying for your work, for your employees, for your bosses, for your coworkers, for whoever it is that you interact with on a daily basis. Just redeem that time wherever it is that you're driving to. Maybe you're, you kind of have a job that, that's outside of that, and so there's other times where you're just driving to, to do errands or, um, or, or whatever it looks like. Just think about it this way. Wherever I'm driving to, there's a destination that includes people. How can I be praying for those people? That's abiding with the Lord. That's being able to spend time with Christ that gives you a, per, uh, a different perspective on how I'm stewarding that time specifically. And then usually, at some point, everybody then makes their way back home. As you're driving home, pray for your home. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for those people that you're going to see. So pray for your spouse. Pray for your kids. Pray for whoever it is at that time. That's an opportunity for us to communicate and abide with Jesus just by redeeming our commute, by redeeming our drive time. And then there's going to be other times where you have a lunch throughout the day or um, where you might have some time in the morning where you're by yourself or just spend some time with the Lord there. Just you and him. Hey, Lord, can you show me something about yourself that I can treasure today? Can you show me something about yourself that I might not have seen in Scripture before? So let me go to the fruit of the Spirit. Maybe there's something in the fruit of the Spirit that I've that I've read a thousand times, but but today I really want to see it in you a little bit more. And so would you reveal that to me as I'm reading the Scriptures? Just, just attune my heart to it. Grab my attention towards it. And see that you are a patient God. God, thank you so much for being a patient God. Because I I know that there's times where you definitely have to be patient with me. Because I'm not abiding in you. That I'm not trusting you on this certain thing. And so God, because you're a patient, let me see that. And let me thank you for that. 
So just look for opportunities to abide in Christ throughout the day. We use our cell phones a ridiculous amount of times every single day. How many of you have a smartphone? I think it's everyone. <laughs> um, your smartphones have the opportunity to have a, a, a background, right? Like there's some you can put a picture of your family up, your spouse up, your dog up. I don't know what you use your background for. Um, but one of the ways in which you can make it really easy is put a background up that has a scripture on it. So that every single time you open up your phone, you're seeing scripture, you're reading scripture, and you're being reminded of God's promises for you, his truths for you, that, that are able to kind of ingrain you. If, if you have a really hard time memorizing scripture, put a verse on your screen. You're going to see it about 60 times a day every single time you open up your phone. So use that as an opportunity to be able to get the Word of God into your heart, into your mind, to be able to treasure all that God is promising for us. So those are daily rhythms. Weekly rhythms, look for opportunities throughout the week to where you can kind of trade off with your spouse or trade off um, with whoever to be able to say, hey, I want to give you an hour or two just to be able to go and just spend some time with the Lord by yourself. So if that's me, um, roundhousing the kids and trying to, you know, keep them alive, then then you go and, and just go and have some time to yourself between you and the Lord. So work out some ways in which weekly you can be able to get away, like Jesus constantly got away to be able to be with the Father. And monthly, if this is able to work out in your schedule, just over the, the course of June and July, Try to find a way in which you can literally unplug from the rhythm of life and just take a day and just go do something that's different. Whether that's together as a family, being able to have gospel conversations while you're walking through the zoo and able to, um, you know, God made the lion. Hey, let me tell you a great story about God and lions. Lions try to eat people and God doesn't allow them to. Let me tell you about Daniel. Like, just walk through and figure out a way in which you can have a day per month to where you can spend it on um, showing your kids or talking with your spouse, doing something that involves God's creation, but also being able to have conversations about the Lord while you're, while you're at it. And so those are just some ways in which this summer we want to maximize our time in just abiding with the Lord, abiding with Christ as he has commanded us to. Um, and again, that command is, I want you guys to be refreshed this summer. I want you to relax. I want you to have vacation with the Lord that's ultimately going to provide what he promises, which is rest and a burden that is easy. The second thing um, that I wanted to mention in this abide kind of passage is John chapter 15, verses 12 through 15, which is being a good friend. This is what it says. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. Jesus is meeting with his disciples here. He's talking with his disciples. And he's basically telling them, like, hey, hey guys, I, even though I'm your master, I'm, you're my friend. Like this is this is not a hierarchy that Jesus has established here. This is I want you to know me to the depth of friendship here. 
This is not a, hey, let me conduct a business meeting. All right, guys, here's here's some bread, here's some juice, like just uh, wine to be biblical. I want you to enjoy that, but I'm out. And so, like, as soon as this meeting's done, I've got, you know, like a 9 o'clock with the Holy Spirit over here, so I'm just going to leave and go be with him for a little bit. No, this is Jesus saying, guys, I love you. You are my friends. I want the best for you. And so Jesus is being a good friend to them by providing all that he is to the point of laying his life down. I'm not saying that, you know, figure out a way to just lay your life down for your friends this summer, but lay your resources down for your friends this summer. Look for ways this summer in which we can maybe sacrifice some things on our end in order to be a blessing to our friends, to be a blessing to the people both in our church as well as our friends who are outside of our church. Maybe that's providing a dinner for somebody. Maybe that's taking someone to dinner if you're not a good cook in your own household. Um, just figure out a way to be able to bless someone else with sacrificing some of your resources to show, I love you. I want to invest in you. I want to pour my life into you. I, I want to be a good friend. Maybe that's upping your game on the way you communicate with, with each other. Maybe that's sending more texts of encouragement throughout the week to, to your friends. Maybe that's praying for them. Maybe that's literally uh, like having a discipline of when we're abiding with Christ, here's the friends that I want to pray for and commit to praying for every single day this summer. I hope that they experience rest. I hope that they experience treasuring Christ. I want them to, to have that. And so discipline yourself to be able to have a group of people that you're investing in this summer. That you're, that you're, maybe it's putting a gift basket together and dropping it off on their front porch just to love them and bless them. We tried doing that a couple of weeks ago, and like right as I was dropping the the gift basket, they walked out, and I was like, "You're not supposed to see me. Like, go back inside. Like, it's I'm sorry, but anyway, like it's like just look for ways to be able to bless people, to be able to be a good friend. And and as he says here um, in verse 15, for all that I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. Part of being a good friend is telling them things about the Father, telling them things about Jesus, telling them things about the Holy Spirit. And so how can you teach your friends? How can you share with your friends a truth that is glorious about Jesus? Y'all keep looking at this. What is there something going on? Is it just off? You can just take that down. That's no, fine. Um, but anyways, just looking for an opportunity to, to be a blessing, um, to be a friend to somebody, to be able to share a truth about um, Jesus with them. Maybe that's even looking at the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Maybe it's looking at those things and encouraging our friends and saying, hey, um, in this last kind of couple of months, I've, I've really seen some patience in you. So I just want to encourage you and say, I see God working in your life. I, I know that your kids are anarchists, but even though they're anarchists, I've seen you have some patience with them. And I see that the Holy Spirit's working in you and, and making you more and more like Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you. I think it's awesome. I think God's working in you. Maybe that's love. You could say, hey, maybe don't come this route and say you used to be a very angry person and just negative, and you've been very loving lately. But just say, hey, I've seen love in you. I've seen you kind of be able to, to, to sacrifice some things in your own life and be able to love others well. And so thank you for doing that. And, and I pray that God just continues to work in you in that way. So just encourage, encourage the friends that you have um, this summer. 
And if you don't have friends, then this is the third point. Meet new people. Um, John 15, 26 through 27, and this is the, the last part of our thing here. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. You know what it means to bear witness? To bear witness means meeting new people and telling them what God's done in your life. That's what it literally means. Like, I've witnessed God do something in my life, and so I want to now share that with someone else. Hey, I've witnessed something that God did in my life, and so I want to tell you about it. I want want you to experience the exact same thing. And so this, the only way in order for us to bear witness means we have to meet new people in order to bear witness about, about God and about Christ and about the Holy Spirit and what they're doing in our life. And so we want our people, we want our church, we want our friends, we want to meet new people this, this summer. And so the, the way in which we're going to do this is first and foremost command you, meet new people. Like as you're at coffee shops, as you're in the grocery store, as you're at, um, well, I mean, when you go to a restaurant, that's one of the easiest ways because they assign you a new person to meet. It's called a waiter or a host. And they're going to come to your table multiple times. Man, don't just look at them as a servant to you while you're eating, but look at them as a person with a soul, with a heart, who probably has a need in their life because we all do. And how can you meet that need, whether it's physical, whether it's spiritual? How can you engage them and say, hey, is there something going on in your life that we could pray for? We usually pray over our meal, and so we we want to invite you into that. We're going to pray. Can we pray for you? Um, hey, are you around this area? Are you new to this area? Do you live around here? Um, we love meeting new people and taking them to coffee or dinner. And so if you like this restaurant that you work in, I'll come back and buy your dinner. Like it's figure out a way to be able to, to meet new people um, and, and just enter into relationship with them. Um, it, it's as simple as that. And the second thing with that is we're going to do our best to also um, – help you do that as a church by providing avenues for you to be able to meet new people. And so I'm serious when I say these these next practical ways to be able to do this. Um, this is us as a church offering resources for you to be able to meet your neighbors, um, to be able to meet pretty much anybody within your your sphere of influence, whether that's work life, whether that's at the gym, um, basically wherever you interact with people, We want to provide resources for you to be able to throw parties in order to gather people to then have an opportunity to build a relationship with them even that much more. And so one simple one um, is donut slash coffee driveway parties. Um, And that sounds funny, but like literally put a table up in your driveway. We'll buy the donuts and the coffee and just meet your neighbors. Like, because it is springtime, it is summertime, people start walking around their neighborhood or your neighbors come out and start working on their yard or mowing their yard. Like, hey, we got some donuts and, and coffee. Like, you want to come over and have some free donuts and coffee? Like, we, we want to provide that for you in order for you to be able to build a relationship with the people in your neighborhood. And so invite neighbors, invite friends and family who, who are in your area to be able to come to these. And so if you want to do that, just contact me. And we'll set up a time, we'll set up a date, we'll be able to get that on the calendar for you to be able to do that. And do it as often as you want to do that this summer. Um, Another one is neighborhood cookouts. Um, These, again, would probably be easier to invite 
again, neighbors that you've been acquainted with in the past, um, maybe friends that are uh, from your work or friends that are from spheres of influence. Hey, we're going to cook out this Saturday. We would love to have you over to our house to cook out. And so we're, again, putting our money where our mouth is as a church. If you want to throw a cookout and you have people come to your cookout, we want to provide that. We want to be able to pay for you to be able to have a cookout at your house. Now, if it's just your family, we're not going to pay for that. That's just Saturday night dinner for you guys. But if you're inviting friends over, if you're inviting people over who are not connected to us, we want to be able to do that. Invite us as well. Like, invite us to be able to come in. Hey, yeah, these are, you know, just people that we go to church with. We'd love you to meet them as well. And so, basically, a neighborhood party. Just just have a party at your house. Um, we're definitely going to do that with our community groups that meet. And so our group that meets on Tuesday nights and the group that meets on Wednesday nights on the northeast side, um, we'll probably have at least one or two times throughout the summer where we just get together for a game night. And we're just inviting people that we know that aren't a part of our church over for game night and cookouts as well. Um, and then, for example, I'll use this one. This is kind of a network party. And so how many of you like work at a place that has people there? Okay, um, good. So if you work at a place that has people um, or you're a part of like a networking group or like for I just joined a softball team like two weeks ago um, and this softball team has probably 15 to 16 guys. I want to throw a party for the softball team, invite their spouses um, just so that I can network, so that I can get to know some new people that I don't know. Um, that is a easy way in order for me to be able to eat some good food, which is always a plus, um, but also to be able to meet some new people. And so if there's a way in which you can do that as well, whether that's like you're on a team at your work that is, you know, let's just say if you're a third grade teacher and you have a third grade team of people who are teaching, invite all your third grade team and their spouses to have a little summer get together party. And we want to provide that for you in order for you to be able to to have deeper conversations outside of just the typical work life. And so those are just some ideas I had. If you have other ideas and you want to bring those to the table, bring those to the table. The main thing is we want to maximize our time this summer and meeting new people when it comes to that. We'll do some big things as, as a church when it comes to like serving our neighborhoods. Um, that'll be a little bit easier, like a serve Saturday where we just take some trash bags and just walk around our neighborhoods and pick up trash and just interact with people who are like, hey, why are you picking up trash? Are you prison inmates? Like, no, they're not the only people who do that. Like, there's there's other people who do, we just love the neighborhood and we just want to walk around and, and beautify the area because that's what God does with our with our lives and that's what He's asked us to do with our creation is just to beautify it. And so, um, we want to do things like that and and converse with that. That's all I got. And so, <laughs> um, think about that this summer. That's the invitation from the Lord is to plug in with him, to abide in him on a daily basis, hourly basis, minute by minute basis. And so let's do that. Let's not unplug from him because if we unplug from him, you will not rest this summer, but rather you will, it will increase anxiety. It will increase stress. And so let's go to the one who says, I'm providing for you rest and I'm providing for you a burden that is light. 
And so let's go there. Let's abide in him. And at the same time, let's be the church to one another. As he's called us to love him and to love others, well, let's do that. Let's love others well. Let's love our friends that we have, and let's love our new friends that we have. And for those that we don't know, man, let's meet some new people. Let's get creative in meeting new people because we love people. Like we, we want to be able to see the same Christ who is providing for us the greatest treasure that we have. We want other people to experience that as well. And so let's get that gospel. Let's get that good news to them by looking for creative ways to be able to meet new people. Let's pray together. Thank you for listening to a sermon from the District Church. For more information about us, please visit www.thedistrict.church. Additionally, if any of our sermons have brought encouragement to you, would you please let us know by emailing us at info at